So today I want to talk about how we're better together. And it's funny how when we listen to society, society's message or society's sermon to us is, 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 is entitled with these words, independent, self-sufficient. It really preaches a message of self-centeredness. Society today is preaching that you need to be independent. They they actually define strength as being strong enough to stand on your own. Some of you were raised with, come on, boy, you got to be strong. You got to stand up on your own two feet. But it's funny how when I read my Bible, it preaches a totally different message and it uses words like lay your life down. It uses words like others. It uses word phrases like all believers make up this body. And it uses the phrase or the word generosity. Everything that goes against what society is preaching is what the word of God says. Amen. And so today I want to I want us to pay, pay attention to how many to, to, to what's going on around us. And I want you to pay attention to what society is preaching. But then I also want you to pay close attention to what the word of God is saying. Because when you, play, you pay close attention to what God's word says, it totally crosses what society is saying. And you can live and walk and breathe in victory and be an overcomer and actually be different than the world and not like the world. The Bible says that you can be in the world, but not be of the world. When the world says you need to be self-sufficient, you need to be dependent on other people. Amen. Have you ever paid attention in scripture where it says that Jesus was alone? How many of you have read that before where it says that Jesus went away alone or Jesus was alone by himself? How many of you have actually paid attention to how many times that was said? Good. This will be good news to you then. It's not many times at all that Jesus was found alone by himself. Jesus always had people with him. And if he was ever found alone, from my knowledge, when the Bible says that Jesus went away to get by himself, it was strictly to spend time with his father. You follow me? And I want to make this statement to you that even though our relationship with Jesus is private, it was never, or personal, it was never meant to be private. Your relationship with Jesus is personal, but it was never meant to be private. God designed us to share our relationship with Jesus with one another. Are you getting this? So look at what it says. I want to give you a couple of scriptures. Just kind of we're going to sprint through the Bible from the beginning towards the end. And just look at what God's, God's word says about being alone or being with others. In Genesis chapter 2, after God created man and everything in it and the earth and all those things, he made this statement. Now, now get this. It's like God all of a sudden realized there was an issue. He goes, it's not good for man to be alone. And all the men that are married said, that was your opportunity. <laughs> Pay attention. I'm trying to help you out. But he says in Genesis that it's not good for man to be alone. So he created a helpmate, somebody to walk alongside of him. In Luke chapter 10, we, we see that Jesus had 72 disciples and he sent them out into the cities two by two. He didn't send them out one by one. He sent them out two by two. In my mind, I'm going, well, if you send them out one by one, you can uh, can tackle 70 different areas. Right? I'm thinking efficiency. You send them out by themselves, you can cover more ground. Jesus wasn't worried about efficiency and he wasn't worried about production. He was worried about success and those guys being together. Amen? 
So I want to show you from the book of Ecclesiastes today how we're better together. Oh, and by the way, 1 Thessalonians says this, encourage each other and build each other up. If God's plan were for us was to be alone, then he would never use the words each other, right? He would never say encourage each other. It would probably read more like when you look in the mirror, encourage yourself. Build yourself up. (laughs) You ever talk to yourself in the mirror? You don't have to answer that today. So I want to show you from the book of Ecclesiastes. You're like, Pastor, is that even in the Bible? Yeah, Ecclesiastes is in the Bible. It's right after Proverbs. And if you want to open your Bible to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I want to show you how we're better together. And while you're looking for that, by the way, the the writer of of Ecclesiastes is believed to be King Solomon. Um, All the smart people in the world are debating that, but they, they think that King Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And... King Solomon's King Solomon was known as the wisest man to walk on the planet. So it may be good to read the book of Ecclesiastes. The problem is, is Ecclesiastes is a weird book. It says some jacked some jacked up stuff in Ecclesiastes. I mean, you might be depressed in one verse and excited in the next, but just be careful that you read it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and you'll make it through. But Ecclesiastes is a good book and we're going to stay in Ecclesiastes today. And see what God says. So go with me to chapter 4 verse 7. I want you to feel the scriptures here for a minute. Verse 7. I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone. Without a child or a brother. Yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is also meaningless and depressing. You hear the negative tone in those scriptures? I found something else meaningless in the world. And then he ends it with meaningless and depressive. (laughs) Solomon is saying it is not good for man to be alone. And he's setting up this whole section in scripture for us to get to verse 9 And so I want to talk to you today about why we are better together. Go to verse 9. Watch this. Two people, the whole tone changes. Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other, say that word, succeed. So number one, together we are successful. Together we can tackle more things. Together we can accomplish more things. Together we can build more. Together we can build better. Together we can accomplish more. Together we can move down the road further with half the sweat. Come on, somebody. Right? Together we can be successful. And so Solomon flips the coin on this and he says, where where there are two together, you can be successful or you can succeed. So number one, together we are successful. Jesus sent his disciples out in twos, not in ones. He wanted them to be successful. It's funny, but Paul always had others with him. Anytime you read the scripture, you hardly ever read stories of a single man going out and doing a single event by himself. It's always Timothy was with him or Silas was with him or somebody was with him. You remember when Peter was praying on the roof, he had some guys down in the kitchen cooking. He didn't have to pray and cook. He could pray while somebody else cooked. It's good to be with other people, especially if they can cook. 
You want to know what's crazy is that Paul, Paul wrote the New Testament and built most of the churches that we read about in the New Testament while he was sitting in prison. You got to wrap your head around this. Paul sitting in prison in chains and he's got some guys that are just hanging out with him. They're not imprisoned. They just like Paul. Enough to go hang out with him in prison. And Paul would write letters and he would send them out to go do this. And Paul kept building the church while he was in prison. Thank God he had others with him. Right? It's not good to be alone. Jesus' first disciples, the first ones he called, was a group of 12. God had a a great plan to send Jesus down to the earth to to, to pay the price for our sin and then to build his church. And Jesus didn't do it with one person. He did it with 12. He didn't do it with, with one person. He did it with 12 and then added to that along the way. Are you seeing this? We're not good alone. Together we're more successful Do you realize that as a church, as we grow bigger, we need to become smaller? What does that mean? We have this thing called life groups. And life groups are set up for the church as it gets bigger and it can't minister to everybody in the church. We can fragment out into smaller sections called life groups where ministry can happen and life transformation can happen. And you can get into a community of people that can actually help you. It's where discipleship happens. It's where community happens. It's where caregiving happens and ministry happens in life groups. I don't give you many opportunities to talk back in church, right? You don't get to share your feelings on a Sunday morning, right? So where do you share your feelings? Life groups. If not, co-workers. All I got to say is, how's that working for you? (laughs) By the way, next week we're going to have a big life group launch day next Sunday. So you really need to be here for that. Right now, we got between 12 and 15 life groups that are going to be launched next Sunday. We have a big old table set up in the foyer. And so you come next Sunday and you'll be able to jump into a life group. And I want you to know my goal, this is my goal, is that everyone, say everyone. Everyone. No, no, say this. Say everyone includes me. Yeah, not everyone else. Everyone includes me is going to be in a life group. That's my goal is that we get everybody into a life group. That's how much I believe in life groups. Right? So number one, together we're successful. Number two, together we lift each other up. Watch verse 10. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You ever got stuck somewhere and didn't have anybody to help you? You ever got your truck stuck and your phone was dead? Or if you're old like me, you ever got your truck stuck and you didn't have a phone? There wasn't even cell phones? It's not good, right? You're in real trouble. Now you got to what? Walk. You can't call. You got to walk. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. It's always good to have somebody else close enough to see us getting ready to fall. 
And I want to present you with a question this morning. Do you have people in your life that are close enough that, that they can see and tell when you're getting ready to fall? Have you been open and transparent with enough people that they know what your weakness is so that when you're getting close to your weakness, they can say, hey, man, how you doing? Hey, man, are you okay? Are you going to make it? I've shared with you my weakness, Bluebell, right? So when you see Bluebell in the freezer, you can say, Pastor, just hold back. We'll fix your plate for you. We'll fix a bowl for you. That's my wife. The only only time I ever lose weight is when my wife fixes my plate. If you need to put on weight, come sit next to me and let me fix your plate. But do you have people close enough in your life to know what your weaknesses are so that they can see when you're getting ready to fall? You see, it's not good to be by yourself because when you fall, you fall. But if you've got somebody that's close enough that you've shared and you've been open and transparent with, and you can say, hey, man, you know, I've been struggling, man. Can I just, can I just talk to you, man? I, I've been struggling. I, I got a weakness. And I need some help, man. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of surrendering to this weakness. I'm tired of falling into this temptation. Can I just tell you what that is? And if you ever see me getting close to that or heading that way, would you just, you just call me out? Do you have somebody that close in your life that you've given the right to say, hey, bro, watch out? Do you have people close enough in your life to see when you're getting ready to fall that they can help you? You know, pride is the only thing that tells us we don't need others. Some of you are sitting here this morning and you're wrestling whether or not you believe what I'm saying. Some of you are sitting here going, ah, man, I don't need nobody. I got this, man. I got 42 years, man. I've been doing this on my own. How's that working for you? Pride says you need to be by yourself. And you know what God does with pride? God comes in and he resists the proud. But you know what he does for the humble, the humble person that says, I need some help. I've got some weaknesses. He actually comes in and gives them grace. You know what that means? He kind of helps them out. When you're being prideful and you're saying, I don't need help and I don't need other people in my life, then you're just getting the resistance from God. How many of you tired of beating your head against the same wall? Over and over again. Maybe it's time to humble yourself and ask someone for help. You want to know something crazy is that Jesus, I didn't realize this till till I was studying for this message, but Jesus didn't go alone into the garden. He He brought his men with him. The most intimate time he ever spent with Jesus, the most crucial time in his life as a person on the planet, Jesus brought three of his closest friends with him into this darkest hour. He brought the three closest friends to him into his weakest moment. Jesus gives us the example that we need other people because you're going to face dark times. You're going to face weak moments. You're going to face struggles and and temptations, and you need some other people with you. Just make sure they don't fall asleep like the disciples did. Right? I mean, they got rebuked. Jesus is like, I brought you with me to help, and you're over here sleeping. Here's something you may want to write down. Anytime you feel the need to isolate, It's an indicator that you need others in your life now. 
The moment you feel like I just need to, I need to pull away. I need to get off by myself. I need to hide out a little bit. That's when you need to call somebody. What do I say, Pastor? I don't know. Just say something. Say, hey, man, how you doing? And it may be weird for them, but you need help. Right? The moment you feel the need to isolate, you need to pull in to other people. It's making sense? The Bible says that the devil is like a lion walking around seeking who he may devour. And I know all of you have seen National Geographic when the lion chases the gazelle, right? Or the water buffalo. Which one is it going to tackle? It's going to tackle the one that they can isolate. If they can chase the herd and get them to turn left and right and one of them miss it and isolate, then what do they do? They go after the one that's isolated to what? Kill it and devour it, right? Don't be the gazelle by yourself. Stick with the pack. Amen? Stick with the pack. Number three, together we care for each other. Watch verse 11. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? Now don't get all freaked out about this verse. It's not a freaky verse. It's a survival verse. (laughs) I've been talking about brothers and guys and dudes and Stick with me here, okay? Don't get all wigged out. I told you it was a weird, a weird book. Two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one, one be warm alone? He's talking about survival. He's talking about care. He's talking about how we need each other to care for one another. You need people close enough into your life that can actually care for your wounds and your hurts and your pains. You need somebody in your life that will actually pray for you. Not somebody says, oh, I'll pray for you. And then they walk away and forget. I'm talking about somebody that loves you enough to grab you on the shoulder and say, hey, man, let me pray for you now. And then when they get home, they're going to keep praying for you. Amen. You need somebody that's close enough to keep you warm, to care for you. You can find that in life groups. You can find that in community. You can't find that by yourself. Sometimes we don't know how to take care of ourselves. And we need other people's, people in our lives to help us take care of ourselves. I, I was outside the other day in the pasture and, and the stinking deer flies were like on demonic hyperdrive. I mean, these suckers were like nailing me. It's like they, they'd get a, they gave a big shout out. We got some sweet blood over here. And all these things came at me. And I mean, they're just nailing me. And I, I get all swole up and pimply looking because I'm half the time I'm beating myself. I do more damage than they do, by the way. Right. You look like you've been in a fight. It wasn't nothing but a little deer fly. But I come into the house and I didn't realize I had this big old hickey looking thing on my cheek. And my wife went, oh, what happened to you? I was like, some deer flies. I didn't know what I had on me until I got next to somebody else. I could see what I had on me. Do you know when you're sitting in a life group and you're in this community called a life group, you can actually sit close enough to people that God would give them discernment that when you're hurting and you're suffering and you're going through something, even though you're keeping it quiet, they can still discern that you're going through something. 
And they can say, are you okay? I don't know if you were here Wednesday night, but Wednesday night was a great night. We had first Wednesday night service. And we, and we, we finished up the little worship set and we got down here and I prayed. And I felt like the Spirit told me, man, everybody's tired. Just pray towards that. So I prayed. And then I stopped and I was ready to preach my message. And the Holy Spirit said, no, they're not done. Pray for them some more. So we just stopped what we were doing and we just prayed. And we allowed the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Are you hearing me? We need other people to keep us warm. Together we can care for each other. How many of you have seen the movie Lone Survivor? Lone Survivor, military movie? Come on. At least the guys need to raise your hand. I mean, it was like, it was, yeah, it was a good movie. A lot of cuss words, but a good movie. True story. It was actually a true story. And so, so Lone Survivor, basically, let me give you the rundown of the story. Four or five guys go out into this place in Afghanistan somewhere, and they're on this mission, and it falls apart. And, and these, these, the enemy comes at them, and then one by one, I mean, these guys, these guys are jumping off of cliffs. They're running around with broken legs. They're running out of ammo. One by one, each one of them gets picked off until there's one left. And he, he ends up being the Lone Survivor. He's still alive today. The reality is is that he's really not a lone survivor. He had to have help to survive. He was the lone He was the lone warrior left, he was the lone military man left, but it took another man to save his life. Are you seeing this? Not all of us can be a lone survivor. Not all of us are called to be lone survivors. Don't don't take this thing on you that you feel like you need to be this this hero and be a lone survivor and i'm i'm doing this because i'm strong you don't need to do that because you need other people this making sense this is either really good or really bad because if you could see your face right now you i'm putting mirrors up on the back wall i'm telling you so you can sit here and look at yourself so you can see what i see (laughs) not all of us can be a lone survivor number four Together we can defeat our enemies. Verse 12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. There's nothing like having someone willing to walk with you through your darkest hours. There's nothing like having somebody who cares enough for you to answer the phone. That cares enough for you to say, hey, call me. Or it cares enough for you to say, I'm going to call you and pick up the phone. One of the greatest characteristics of my pastor is that when, when God, and he taught me this a long time ago, as soon as the Holy Spirit puts somebody on your heart, you're supposed to call them. And that's what he does. So you can be in the middle of anything. And if God drops somebody's name in his heart, he picks up the phone and says, hey, how you doing? And I can't tell you how many times he ends up ministering to somebody that was in need. How blessed we can be to have people like that in our lives, right? How blessed we can be to to be that to other people in their life, right? Together we can defeat our enemies. Some of you are living a defeated life because you refuse to let others in. Some of you are so ashamed of your failures and so ashamed of your faults and your downfalls that you won't let anybody else in because you're trying to portray an image that's really not true. But you're afraid to let other people in. 
Because you, you don't want them to see the real you. And so what ends up happening is, is you keep on walking alone, thinking that you're making it, but you're not. You're actually getting deeper and deeper and deeper into trouble. How do you know, Pastor? I've tried it myself. When I stumble and fall, the first, the first thing I want to do is hide. I'm no different than Adam. I'm looking for a fig leaf. I want to hide. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. Some of you will never get past the thing you're struggling with until you let some other people in. Until you open up and get transparent. Sometimes your healing comes when you just confess your sins to other people. You know, the Bible says that we should do that, that we should confess our sins one to another. I would give a little bit of caution to you and say, be careful who you confess them to. Because if, if the person you confess them to struggles with the sin of gossip, you might not want to do that. Right? Be, use a little common sense. They're gossip. Mm-mm. I'm going to confess my sins over here. Right? But sometimes in the moment of confessing your sin, God heals you and God touches you in that place. Sometimes that's where your healing begins is in opening up and just saying the words of what's happened or what you've done. Is that making sense? Some of you refuse to let other people in because others have let you down in the past. Some of you are scared to death to let other people in because you've been hurt. I won't say this to you this morning. If you've ever burned your hand on the stove, it didn't stop you from going back to the stove, right? You just went back to the stove a little more cautious. Right? You got to learn how to trust again. You got to learn how to trust again. We all need others to help us defeat our enemies. Sometimes I get so weary in the battle, I don't even know how to pray. Can I just be honest with you? Sometimes I get so tied up inside and in a big old knot that I don't even know how to pray for myself. The reason I pull other people in with me and I get people to do stuff with me is not always because I need help. It's just because I want some other folks around me. Are you hearing me? Sometimes the battle gets so intense that I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what to do next. I need somebody who's not going through it to be there with me. Sometimes I'll be honest with you. I don't know how to pray for myself. I looked at my wife a couple Sundays ago on the way to church. I said, would you pray for me? She was like, what's wrong? I said, I just, I'm under this pressure. I, I don't even know how to pray for myself. Just pray for me. And she did. Don't be ashamed to get people to pray for you. I've had my kids pray for me. I've had to learn to be dependent the hard way crazy thing is I wasn't until my late 30s that I learned how to start letting other people help me hard headed what's the French word for that to do I have you to do to do to do only in Louisiana huh I mean you can pronounce something wrong and people still know what you're talking about I mean you might sneeze like and be like, yeah, I know he's hard-headed. Yeah, you're right. 
You know we all got blind spots, right? I want you to hear me say this. Every one of you has a blind spot in your life. A spot that you can't see. Something in your life that you can't see. And you need other people that have your back to see that in your life. If you want victory, victory comes with others with you. Amen? So let me give you this last verse and then we're going to wrap it up. The the last section of verse 12, I want you to see this. I'm going to read 12 all over again. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. A life group is two or more people gathered together. Is a life group. Most of our life groups run between 8 and 12 people. Life groups aren't a part of our church just because it's the cool thing to do. Life groups are a part of our church because it's what needs to happen. It's biblical. They did it in Acts. When Peter preached a message after being forgiven for being a knothead, 3,000 people came to Christ and the church started to grow. They went, oh, shoot, what are we going to do? The people started meeting together in their homes and doing life together and talking about what the, 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 uh, the disciples had been preaching or talking about. And they just got together. They ate together. Come on, that's not hard for us in South Louisiana. Everything we do is, is circled around food. They, they ate together, they prayed for one another, and they talked about the Bible, or they talked about what Jesus was doing, or they talked about what the disciples were preaching. They did life together. And in that moment, they were able to share what they're going through and what their hurts and what their struggles and what their fears are. And because of that, the church continued to grow Why did it continue to grow? Because the church was being discipled. The church was getting healthy. And anything that's healthy grows. Come on, somebody. Anything that's healthy grows, and it should grow. The church should be growing. Thank God all of our churches are growing. But we had to get healthy first. Amen? And that happens in the form or the context of life groups. It's funny how the world says to be strong, you have to be independent. And most people fail. But God's word says to be dependent and you'll discover true strength. So let me end with these few questions. Where do you find yourself today? Are you independent? Or are you dependent on others? I talk to men every week that never ask for help to do anything. I got it. I got this. Good. Mr. Independent. Maybe today you find yourself and you need to repent of your independence. Maybe you need to trust others again. Some of you need to just simply invite other people into your life. You just need to open up your life to other people. And all of us need to be here next week for Life Group Launch Day. And all of us need to be a part of a life group this semester. We've got some incredible life groups. They're going to be great. Come on, Daniel.